Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Austin Meek with Wake Up Business News, and you're listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Wake Up Business. My guest today is Mayor of Waco, Dylan Meek. We talk about the highlights of his tenure in the mayoral seat and what he's looking forward to while he still keeps the chair warm over the next five months. But first, it's the Business Review. Advancing with courage and passion. I'm C.J. Jackson, and this is the Business Review. Amira Liwali may not have had the experience, but her employer saw something else in her that many employers overlook. A&E's supervising producer and Forbes 30 Under 30 shares how she got her start and the event that changed her career forever. I remember the interview with who became my boss for many years, and now I work with him still very closely, I think he knew I didn't know certain things that most people that were going for a coordinated position knew. I worked really hard for it, but he also saw something in me that I think other employers don't always see in people, passion. But I think he knew I was extremely passionate about storytelling and that I really wanted to be in this industry and I wanted to give a voice to different storytellers. I just came from the Forbes Summit. So I've met people in different lanes and we've had these conversations about what drives each of us. We're all very passionate, even though we do very different things about the one thing that we do and like why we do it. One event that propelled Liwali's career also required a healthy dose of courage. When I came into this position as a coordinator, so you feel like you're very low level and you don't speak up as much and you just want to keep your head down and work. It took my manager at the time, and I thank him for doing this, just to say, hey, you're great at your job, but we'd love to hear what you think your opinion, your views. And I don't have any scary, but that's also why you're here. Because the moment I started to open my mouth and give my viewpoints, my career changed forever. And it took me a while to get the guts to share my voice. But the moment I did, that's when everything changed. <laughs> the Business Review is a production of Livingston and McKay and the Handcammer School of Business at Baylor University. The Business Review can be heard during Morning Edition and All Things Considered each Thursday on KWBU.
Dylan Meek is the mayor of Waco, at least for another five or six months or so. Welcome back to Downtown Depot at the very beginning of 2024. Thrilled to be here. Happy New Year. Dylan, as we are looking back on your mayoral tenure, and I guess we can extend it before that to when you rolled on to city council in 2015, I would love to think about, uh, you know, it's May, you're finishing your time as mayor, your wife gives you a really nice picture frame, and there are little snippets of the last five to seven years mm-hmm. of you in city council. When you're thinking about those highlights and those photo moments, mm-hmm. What are those for you when you look back on your time of public service? I'll tell you, I don't know how you put this in a picture, but something that I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish is building up an economy that creates greater opportunity for everybody. Um, It's a team effort between the Greater Waco Chamber of Commerce and the WIF and the McLennan County and the city But since 2017, we've added nearly 5,000 jobs to our economy. Since 2019, over 3,000 jobs. And these jobs are good-paying jobs um, that you can work at an entry level and make a livable wage and support your family. And some of them might not be even forever jobs, but they're jobs where you're going to be able to make ends meet. They're livable wages, and they're good jobs. And a lot of them are, are amazing jobs. And we've worked strategically and are still in process to ensure that allowing people to have access to these jobs through transit or job training um, is as seamless as possible. And so building an economy that really creates opportunity for financial security for the most people um, is something that we've worked hard at. And I'm really proud of some of the achievements we've made in that. You do mention the number of jobs that have been created. Waco does have a low unemployment rate. Something that we enjoy in Waco is that there is a low cost of living. It seems really hard to find other spots in Texas where you get more bang for your buck for living in Waco. The nature that you have close to you, the access to amenities that we have within a three-hour driving distance, the ugly underbelly of that is that employers can look to see, okay, well, this is a very moderate cost of living here, and as a result, you can't get the wages that you might get in an Austin or a Dallas. What have you guys done or what can be done still to bring in more six-figure jobs? Mm -hmm. Yep. So a couple of things. One is I will say that the cost of living in Waco isn't that value proposition in terms of housing affordability isn't quite what it was before, and part of that is because the labor market and the demand for the in the economy has it's really grown. Um, but I do hear what you're saying, and I I think one of the things that we've worked really hard to do is build relationships with people who can help really grow that professional um, type job that is gonna um, you know we, you want to have a well-rounded economy. You want to make sure that um, you have good jobs that um, people can enter into a uh, enter into a job and climb a ladder and maybe start out making a good solid livable wage, but grow into um, a management position that's paying a, an amazing wage. And so I think we've worked really strategically to bring those type companies to Waco where there is an actual ladder to climb. You can start it at the bottom of the ladder, climb your way to the top, make a, a, an excellent wage. But even on that first rung, you're, or, those wages are are much better, even with inflation, much better than what um, existed in in Waco's history. We've worked really strategically to be a community where you can grow your own business. Um, 
entrepreneurship is one um, gateway to um, financial security and wealth. And so um, through the support of the chambers of commerce that the city's provided in, in partnership with them, as well as startup Waco and and just kind of the culture in Waco of being uh, supportive of entrepreneurs and businesses. Um, hopefully we've um, created a culture where entrepreneurs can build wealth in our communities. Well, again, not perfect, but worked as hard as we could to really put some strategy towards that. One of the things that we've really looked at um, is is bringing together um, a, uh, a team of people who are endeared to Waco but have been really successful in business. So there's a people that grew up here or maybe some Baylor graduates who um, have gone on to do really big things in business. And that is one of the you know, chicken or egg things that we've tried to solve for before. It's, it's this thing of, um, when you poll people, um, and anecdotally I would say, uh, there are more people that want to live in Waco because of, uh, the quality of life or some amenities that they love. Um, but they're like, Oh, there's not a great job for me there. So I'm, I'm going to stay in a different city. And at the same time, we have employers who would say, well, you don't have the educated enough workforce for us to relocate or open a division there. And so we're trying to figure out how to break that chicken or egg cycle that we've been living in. And so one of the things, strategies that we're doing to implement that is, one, really strategically targeting some higher um, paying um, uh, firms to look at Waco for some industries that can make sense here. But another thing that we're doing is pulling together like I said, that group of, of people that are endeared to Waco and either have grown up here and kind of moved on and done and found success in business or um, had had gone to the university uh, to, to Baylor and um, have, have left and found success but still care about Waco and pull them to the table to say, what would y'all, how would y'all help us solve this problem? Um, are there people in your networks that would be interested in investing in Waco somehow to help us solve for this problem? And hopefully there's going to be some some answers that come from that. So employment, that's one of the hallmarks of your last seven years in city service. When I'm thinking about what goes in that picture frame and I'm thinking about, you know, initiatives that you had that were important for me just as a citizen here, I thought what you did for paycheck lending and getting those paycheck lending that's essentially stealing from uneducated people, getting those out of the city, um, the leadership that you showed during COVID, during the ice storm, managing the recent water crisis, I thought that was really impressive. Your communication throughout it. Last week I had on Mary Thompson Kennedy from Neighborly, who's a former Marine, talking about how as a leader you have to whistle in the dark. You might not know exactly where you're going, but you have to make sure everyone knows where you are and they can watch you and they can follow that way. Um, and also I think, you know, especially – Downtown, we're seeing more ramifications of this strengthened relationship between Baylor and the city. Mm -hmm. Those are things that, for me, are, are highlights. And I know it's maybe a little tough for you, being as humble as you are, to hit highlights of your tenure. But is, are there any other things that you're particularly proud of that you were able to accomplish over the last five, seven years? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about the new TIF zone that we were able to implement. There's a lot of commercial corridors, and, and frankly, half of the downtown was not included in the TIF zone. And we created a new TIF zone that includes a lot of um, historic um, commercial corridors throughout the city that need investment. 
Um, and we've seen such success in the downtown TIF as a funding strategy to um, achieve that revitalization. I'm proud of that. Um, I'm really thankful for the infrastructure um, that we've been able to implement. Um, we have a really robust street program. That was in motion before I got on council, but we've really carried that through. Um, when I got on council, they were just wrapping up a study that said uh, that we'd been spending about $3.5 million on streets, and a study came back that said to maintain the status quo, you needed to be spending about $27 million a year on streets. And um, the status quo was not good <laughs> at the time. Um, by the way. So we're uh, spending it well above that now um, on streets and have directed a lot of money towards infrastructure and planning for growth. And a lot of times you don't see that. You don't see um, the long range water strategies that are being implemented. Um, I think the future of in Texas is that water will be like gold. And um, Waco has a great strategy and plan, has had a great strategy and plan to allow for an abundant supply of water. I know we were just in a drought and we were experiencing restrictions, but on the whole, industry has been able to thrive in Waco because of strategic water planning, utilizing uh, water rights we have in Lake Waco and also a strategic water rights we have in the Brazos River. And we have a we are um, have just um, finished a long-range strategic plan for water um, in the long haul. And that's something that you don't always uh, see. Um, I'm really thankful for a lot of the revitalization that we have seen in downtown. And I don't take credit for that because there's a team of people in the city working diligently there. But it really, I mean, y- you know as well as anybody, Austin, um, based on all of the covers that you provide um, and the people that you've encountered and met and, um, f- and featured on this amazing program, um, that downtown really is a – Amazing ecosystem of vibrant, kind, creative, intelligent, compassionate people who are trying to make our city better. And I've loved to see the artists and I've loved to see the entrepreneurs and the investors who've worked really hard to make our downtown more beautiful. And it's been a real honor to see that to see a lot of momentum around that. You look at all that the Gaines family has, has um, contributed in capital investment around the silos. You see, you know, Terry Black's barbecue coming into downtown Waco. I've got a lot of great local barbecue uh, spots I love, um, but it's exciting to have a really renowned um, restaurant like that coming into um, our downtown. Um, you see a 1928 open its doors in a hotel of that quality and you, see the finish line, you see the Herringbone Hotel on the finish line, and you you check out the renderings of that, and it's going to be, match the quality of 1928 every bit, um, but it's also going to be very funky and very different, and I'm really excited about that. One of the things I'm proud of looking back is that when we saw a lot of the real estate on Elm Avenue go up for sale um, on the market and... um, Obviously, revitalization is good. We want revitalization. We don't want um, old buildings to remain vacant. But you also want the community to be able to speak into that. And we've worked hard to find that balance. And one way we did that was by buying some real estate that was about to get sold. And I, I think it was the right investment. And, and, and we will have a good, good ROI there. I, I, I'm really excited about the trajectory of Waco. I, I think one thing that I look back on that has been a real honor for me is – 
being able to partner with our team at the city and just this community and really stake out like what is Waco's culture? Like what is our brand? Who are we? We just completed a branding exercise at the city that came out with some great visuals and um, a new tagline that Waco's a, a city to believe in. I think for a long time we all kind of knew what Waco's identity was, but we hadn't put words to it. And now we have a, a book that says this is what Waco's identity is, and we can carry that. And I do think that regardless of that study that just got published, the culture of Waco is unique because I think that people here are collaborative. People here are kind. People here go out of their way to work together. They go out of their way to give the benefit of the doubt. They go out of their their way to seek to understand. And it feels like in other parts of the country, that's not the trajectory of cultures. And in Waco, it feels like we've worked really hard to be ambitious. We've worked really hard to address need, to call out need that needs to be addressed, but at the same time, do it in a way that's collaborative and kind. You will be vacating the mayoral seat in May. I wonder if this next four or five months is a little bit like second semester of senior year, where (laughs) I've already been admitted to my college. I'm kind of just skating through it. Are there really things that you are able to accomplish over the next four or five months, or are you just keeping the seat warm? A couple answers to that. One of, I've used that metaphor, but I've also added to it that I also ran in the state track meet and I was like very ready to be done with high school, but also wanted to compete well. And so there's this tension of like, I want to get stuff over the finish line, but I also um, am thinking about what's next a little bit too, that I think is natural. So one is I, I, I I deeply care and take this, this role seriously and I'm so honored to be in the seat. And so uh, yeah, definitely hope to finish well. And a couple of things that, that I want to see get across the finish line. Yeah, I think our some city staff members and maybe our city manager, out, if he's listening to this, is like, trust me, that guy is not coasting. <laughs> They're probably like, wish I was, because there's a couple of things I, I'm trying to get over the finish line and excited to do that. We're um, in the process of, um, there's 60 acres um, of publicly owned land in downtown Waco. A lot of those parking lots, that surround City Hall, our convention center. We're, we're um, in the process right now of doing our request for qualifications. I'm going to distinguish that from what we, you've seen us do in the past, which is a request, uh, um, an RFP, where you you submit a, a plan. Uh, it's not a request for proposal in terms of what are we actually going to um, do here. It's who's the most qualified developer to come in here and really meet the goals of the city. And um, we hired Gensler to help us define those goals and and not that we're saying we have to do just this but kind of create set the bar for what we want to accomplish and um we just saw some developers um, throw their their name in the hat um and are incredibly excited about the direction that that could go i mean some of the vision that this calls for is it's interesting if you can picture city hall it used to have a symmetrical town square around it um and a a road that leads to um the suspension bridge that um actually is, um, you know, uh, symmetrically in the center of City Hall. And then at at some point in urban renewal, um, that all got covered with um, Hilton and um, with the convention center. And our dreaming is like, hey, how do we open that back up and have a plaza? So we're dreaming really big on how we can develop a really robust, beautiful downtown corridor in this area. So that's one. I'm excited to see 
some of that um, uh, hopefully achieved. Um, I'm excited about um, um, we uh, have a new beautification department. That's something I care about. I know in the grand scheme of things, I it, I don't know if, if people would argue it's the most important thing, but we got a, a couple of full-time employees now whose role is to make sure Waco is a more beautiful city and that we're both being proactive and reactive and strategic about how to make sure our corridors and community is a, is a beautiful place and public infrastructure and working with private development towards that goal. Um, and uh, one of the other things I've, I've tried to do, and I believe in a really appropriate way, try to just bring the faith community, the broad faith community, um, to, to know what's going on in the city. Um, Aaron Zimmerman, uh, who's a pastor here in town, once said not engaging um, the faith community in Waco is like not engaging the labor unions in Detroit. Um, but it is a really strategic move, I think, to make sure that our faith leaders are completely informed on what's happening in our city as they are leaders in their own communities. And so we have some strategic work that we're doing around really ensuring that that community knows what's going on in Waco um, and can communicate that to their respective congregations. Hey, fellas, I'm sorry to jump in. Brody here. Hi, everybody. Um, Dylan, thank you for every time that you've come to our rescue. I remember a time Austin couldn't make it in for a program, and I called you, and I said, please, can you come in? And and we got that together. But I'm just going to jump in here to tell Austin thank you for everything that you have done with Downtown Depot because you gave us the news a few weeks ago that you we're going to be stepping down from your hosting duties, and I really appreciate everything that you have done. I could get emotional, but uh, Dylan, you, you can talk to Austin. This is news to me, too. Um, this is Austin's last episode of Downtown Depot. Yeah, Austin, you've done an incredible job in bringing really great stories to our community. And we were just talking a minute ago about how an informed community is a better community. And KWBU works hard to achieve that. Well, I want to say, now that I've got myself together, I don't think that we'd have conversations with Creative Waco had it not been for you and Downtown Depot and having Fiona as part of this program. And just the number of people that you have brought to this program over the years has really made a difference. And I can't tell you how many testimonials we've had from listeners who have said that Downtown Depot is one of their favorite programs. Mm -hmm. And it does my heart so good to know that it's a local program Mm -hmm. that people are tuning in for and not just the national things. With that said, Downtown Depot will continue in some form or fashion. We're still going to be serving the community. Austin's not going to be in the hosting seat. And we're not sure exactly what that format is going to look like just yet, but we are definitely still here to serve the community. And I wasn't going to let you go the whole time without telling you that mm-hmm. and telling you thank you. So we can't hear your nods. So you, you do know that, right? <laughs> thank you, Brody. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, this, this is something I've always viewed as community service. And for me, this is a lot more fun than picking up garbage on the river. Um, it's easy and enjoyable for me to get to talk to people who are experts in their field and also to let all of Waco know what a cool, diverse, interesting community we have here, not just in the business world, but yeah. in the city development and uh, the people who are making our schools work and the cities run. It's really been one of the coolest honors of my life. 
I, as I was listening to you talk to Dylan, I'm thinking every question you have asked him, we can ask you about what you have done mm-hmm. with Downtown Depot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the changes that have made, the changes that we have seen, um, you've been a part of of what has happened in this community Mm -hmm. and and you've brought it to the the, the bigger community. Mm -hmm. And um, we really, really thank you for that. Yeah. Austin, what are are some highlights that you have from your time? Oh, gosh. I mean, the first episode interviewing Kyle Deaver, I think that that shocked the whole KWBU staff that Kyle was willing to come in and do an interview with a guy like me, untested. Um, I, I think that this show has helped me really keep time with my time in Waco and remembering that when I moved here in 2015, I'd never heard of Fixer Upper before. Mm-hmm. And like 2016, one of my first guests, Dr. Nancy Grayson, who mm-hmm. had her shop Lula Janes, that was such a bastion of the Elm Avenue redevelopment that was happening there and now it's closed. But remembering, okay, when I did talk to her, Lula Jane's was a thing. It was Mm -hmm. one of Yelp's top 50 restaurants in the country. Mm -hmm. And so this is, it's sort of similar to having kids where your kids are such a good metric of where you are personally Mm -hmm. and remembering what you're going through. So yeah, that, that interview with her, there's a handful of small business owners and civic leaders and citizens Go support these. And mm-hmm. just because they're businesses that I've engaged with doesn't mean they're the only good businesses here. There's so much mm-hmm. more. Yep. And Waco, Fiona, I remember Fiona Bond, you mentioned her, Brody. One of the first things she mentioned when she was on my show is that Waco is a city that punches above its weight. Mm-hmm. And that's a phrase that I've used so many times mm-hmm. because the place continually inspires me and surprises me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, your talents and thoughtfulness to these conversations have made Waco a stronger and better city. I'm really grateful for you. Thank you, Dylan. And what's next? Next for me, so I, gosh, I'm breaking some news here. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to be in Waco for the next six months. And I want to take my next six months in Waco to really spend it with friends and family and people who are important to me. Um, I am in the business, I'm in the process of starting a business up in Portland, Maine. And I'm going to be moving up to Maine this summer where I will be living and fixing people's garage doors. And in the fall, I'll be back in Dallas and we'll be moving to Dallas, going up to the neighborly headquarters there. So I feel I, I sort of reached this this period with Waco over the last couple of years. I went through a divorce and, and just had some personal turmoil I was going through. And what I realized was that when I first moved to Waco, and I'd say probably for my first five years, especially when we had started Pokio's, I saw Waco for everything that it could be and that it was. Like, this is a place you can come and you can start a business. You can do whatever you want here. And I had a mentality shift over the last couple of years where I started seeing Waco for the things that it wasn't. Mm. Like, oh, there's not an Apple store mm-hmm. or oh, I can't, can't go eat sushi downtown on a Tuesday night. And that was my signal. Hey, like, maybe you have run your course here. Mm-hmm. Maybe this has been great for a period and it's time for you to go flex, spread your wings and hopefully renew some of that perspective that made you fall in love with this place. So mm-hmm. this is still a city that can be believed in. This is still a city where you can come and you can try things and it's accessible and the community is so welcoming. So yeah, I'm really excited. I'm only 90 miles away. Still got a sister and of course, plenty of friends who are here. So I'll be spending lots of time in Waco, but, um, 
It, it's been it's been a pleasure on this side. I'll have to say on this side of the glass and working with you. I wanted to say that, Dylan. I'm I'm sorry that I took the. I'm <laughs> so glad you did. No, I'm you'll, so. You'll still so be here, and we'll bring you back into the to the studio <laughs> as as we need be. We we should have had me talk about. I would have rather heard about Austin the whole time. So <laughs> we can we can accommodate for sure. So I. Both of you, Dylan, I don't know if we're going to have you back before you step down and what what you do for the city will not go un, unnoticed for many, many years to come. And I think that a lot of credit is going to fall under you and, and the team. Yep. I'm, I'm not giving it all to you because sure. I know that you're we not a solo act, yep, but um, a great place to be. And Well, uh, and I quickly, I have to applaud Dylan for putting a cool face on public service. Public service is not always something <laughs> that we know it's not sexy, but I, as a result of Dylan, Dylan called me in 2016 and said, hey, would you serve on this Parks and Recreation <clears throat> Board? I was reading through a journal yesterday where I had written about how the like my city council person called me and asked me to do this. And so people seeing Dylan in that role, I know personally lots of people who have felt empowered to step into positions where they're serving the public because of what you've done. Got so, it. thanks, man. Dylan, thankful for you. KWBU listeners, thankful for you. And we wish you a happy new year. Yep, happy new year. Thanks again to Mayor Dylan Meek and to you for listening to episode 165 of Downtown Depot here on Waco Public Radio. I've interviewed more than 200 guests and there are still more I wanted to get to while I hosted this show, but I just simply ran out of time. Anyway, I want to give these people a shout out for these businesses or individuals. These are in no particular order. Maryland Banks of Maryland's Gift Gallery, DeShack Farmer's Market, the team at Grocery, there on Washington Avenue, Sarah Ainsworth, the etiquette coach, Jed Walker of Walker Partners Engineering, the visual artists, Kermit Oliver and Ira Watkins, Eric Mitchell from True Love, Tejas Logistics, L3 Harris, SpaceX, Mike Herrera from MXPX, Parnell McNamara, the sheriff, Mill King, Style Station that's in Ross, Hannah Broad of Broad Studio, Scott Drew, the Baylor, Baylor men's basketball coach, and of course, Joanna Gaines. You guys, just so you know, I've had a note in my phone for the last seven years. All of you are on it. I didn't get around to talking to you, but I want you to know you're doing incredible work in Waco. You are seen and you are loved. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Waco Business News. And be sure to keep tuning in to 103.3 FM for more local content about what's happening in Waco. I'm Austin Meek. And you've been listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco business. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.